One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And, and uh, teens right there, you guys can go ahead and get prepped for your class. We've got an usher there that's going to guard the gate. And then, you know, y'all be safe and get on over there. Amen. There it is. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing these young people getting up. You know what I mean? I told you, that's why God is moving so fast, because of the young people. I said, we, we're going to put a demand on heaven. God, we need some more space for our kids. Well, okay. God says, watch this. <laughs> and, and that's what he does. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Bible. Yeah, you're going to need it. Amen. And I'm telling you, this right here changes everything. You could be a person that says, hey, um, I believe God. But then there's someone else that says, well, I believe God and his word. Well, who do you think is more powerful? The one that says, I believe God or the one that says, I believe God and his word. Because you can't just leave it at I believe God. You got to believe in his word. And you can't say you believe in it if you don't get into it and see what what his word is saying to you. And God is speaking to us through his word. And so I'm going to preach this message tonight entitled Accelerated Faith, Accelerated Faith. And and we've preached, uh, you know, in this vein before. But this is the time man. this is where we are. And this is what we got to understand. So you don't want to be behind God. Amen. And you don't want to be uh, in front of God. Now, if you're in front of God, that's dangerous for you. Amen. Because that means you got to go through whatever it is. But if you're with God now, see, you could be behind him. And he's like, if you ever seen uh, maybe in a movie or something, but an adult kind of having to run. But then they have a kid and the kid is like, oh, it's hard for that kid to hang on. And they're getting well. We don't want to be like that with God either. We want to be right in step. We want to be right there with him. And that way we will not miss out on what he's bringing to us. And so accelerated faith. This just means everything is picking up. Everything is picking up in the body of Christ. I will give you this encouragement. Whenever you see things picking up on the enemy side. So you may hear of things. You may hear of all they're doing this now. All you got to do is get excited because The devil can never outdo God. Amen. Come on. He can never outdo God. So if the devil's going to try to ramp up some stuff, you better believe God is ramping up miracles. God is ramping up stuff. And so we need to be in tune with what God is doing and we got to keep up with it. Amen. And so accelerated faith. Let's go to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 11.1. We know this. uh, We should know it by heart. But I'll read it in King James and then the Amplified. It says now faith. So that's faith for right now. And so right now we're in 2024. I'll just be the one to tell you 
the faith you may have had in 2023 is not going to be up to par for what we got going on in 2024. And so you've got to say, okay, I'm ready to step up, Lord. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, real quick, this is why God has me putting out a challenge to the body of Christ. That's why he has me saying things like, hey, you guys need to press to come to Wednesdays. Y'all remember me saying that? Some of y'all pressed, right? You came out. But why? Because they can't afford to miss this. Because things are going to start moving so fast that by the time they look up to see what happened, we've moved on. Now, it doesn't mean that God's not going to love you anymore. He's still going to love you, but you will miss out on things that he wanted you to be a part of. Y'all in here with me. And so because you don't know what he can do. And so you, you have to get in that place where and he'll use me as an example, just like we did with the building. I had to have some accelerated faith to step out and say something. But I didn't know what he's going to start doing, but I can just keep up with him and flow and step. And then when things just open up, I'm like, OK, I'm not worried about it. Well, this is what he wants to do for all of us. And we've got to be in that place where it's like no more lagging back and no more of this extra cautious living that we're trying to do. Uh, that's not how you walk on water. Amen. You don't walk on water considering the elements of water. Amen. You have to be focused on God and do what he says. And so you pressing is going to help you because you're going to get a lot of word and now you're going to be encouraged and now you're going to feel like I can do it and you're going to keep going up. Amen. But if you don't press, then you're going to be behind. And so now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And so let's get into this. We've taught a lot on this, but we want to really dig into it. Faith perceiving as real fact. And so you've heard it said perception is reality, right? And so the way a person perceives something that that's going to that can be real to them. But when we start talking about faith, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. And so what are your senses? That's sight, hearing, smell, taste and touch. And so now faith is having you go beyond what you can see. Y'all in here with me, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can taste, what you can touch. And so all of those are impacted. That that's what impacts your soul, right? It's the things that you see. That's why you have to be careful. You got to guard your eye gate because you could see some stuff and it's going to impact your soul. It's not even bothering your spirit. Oh, come on. People say, oh, well, you know, you got to watch out, man. You can't watch scary movies. I don't advise you to do that either. But I'll tell you this, that no movie like that is impacting your spirit. Oh, pastor, I don't know. I see. No, no, no. I'm going to teach you in the word. Your spirit is connected to God. If you're really saved, if you're really saved, your spirit is connected to God. And it's not moved by what it sees, what it hears, what it smells, what it's not moved by any of that. Amen. And so. This. Faith, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. And so. Uh, all that stuff, like I said, it impacts your soul, which is your mind, your will and your emotions. Now. Your soul 
is lacking revelation. I'll tell you that today, and I'm, you know, I'm not. If somebody say I want to argue with you about that, I say I don't have no time to argue, because I'm just gonna slow me down. I mean, if I'm arguing with you, I'm slowing down, and I can't keep up with God, and so we don't really have time to argue or anything. But your soul is lacking revelation, and so how do we know that? Because the scripture that we just read in the Amplified Classic, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Your senses is not in your spirit. You know that your spirit can't smell. It doesn't need to smell. Come on, y'all. Your, your spirit is not worried about these things. And so your spirit is connected to God and it's going fast. But your soul is behind and it's lacking revelation. And so if we're talking about this stuff is not revealed to the senses, then now it's like, well, wait a minute, God, you mean to tell me like I can't understand it? Well, I can't see it. Well, that's exactly what faith is. Isn't that what he told Abraham? He said, go leave your family, leave everything, you know, and go to a place that I'm going to tell you about afterwards. Wait, hold on. That don't make any sense. Exactly. See, when you whenever you come into a situation, you say, well, this doesn't make any sense. You ought to say good because it's not revealed to my senses. And so if I cannot calculate it in my mind. And I know God is telling me that's a good thing. Amen. So it's like all I need to know. Was was that you, Lord? And you're going to know because I'm telling you, you're saved. You got the Holy Ghost. You just got to learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. But we when somebody's saved, they got the Holy Ghost. And so that's a internal. It's an inner witness. It's a it's a almost like having a compass inside. And it's this power that directs you. And it's like you've heard people say old time preachers say, I know because my knower knows. Well, it's you, they can't explain why they feel something like to where uh, I know I'm supposed to do this. And somebody might say, well, why? What? And it's like nothing adds up. There's nothing that is in the sense realm that says you should be doing what you're doing. But because you're connected in the spirit, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, later on, the soul catches up. So later on, so what happens is we step out on water and then later on we recognize, oh, I just walked on it. But if we contemplate the ability to walk on water, we'll never step out. And so we never get to experience the supernatural. We never get to experience favor. Amen. If you don't get yourself connected in this way, you're going to miss out on a lot. Because God is moving so fast that it's not possible for your mind to keep up with it. So if I think about this, like, God, you created me. And you're my God. And so are you telling me that I have to just do all this stuff that I don't understand? And he's going to say, yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. But what about school? What about all the things like every even math problems have a process Even math problems have a step, take step A and then, right, you get to step B and then you kind of, hopefully you do it all right, then you come out with the answer. God says that's man's way. Mm -hmm. See, man says, 
build it this way, build it that way. God just says it's there when I say it's there and there's no way to explain it. But we want to be in that flow to where we're experiencing more of what God is doing versus what man has done or what we can, you know, somehow come up with some explanation for. And so God created us to follow him. But this is how you follow God. You want to know? You follow God by your spirit. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but you have a spirit. So the, the spirit in you, the spirit of man, that's the real you. The real you is not what you think. We spend a lot of time on, uh, I'm just saying us as people in general, we spend a lot of time on like self-image. You know, you got to, man, think more highly of yourself. You know, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful or something. You know, uh, pep yourself up, do whatever. Uh, You know, I think I can. I think, you know, all that type of stuff. Amen. But that's you trying to convince your soul. But your spirit doesn't have time for that. Oh, come on, y'all. You don't want your spirit don't have time to be looking in a mirror talking about, I, I believe in you. Uh, I mean, I, I really believe that me and you together, we can get this done. That's a waste of time. Amen. And so even if you spend all this time trying to develop your self-image, think about the words self-image. Hmm. God created he male and female in the image of God created he them, not self image. So if it's my self image, it's my image of me. And so my image of me, of course, has limitations. And so now I'm trying to convince myself that I can really believe in myself. But I was not even created to believe in myself. Oh, come on, man. I'm trying to help y'all. I was never created to believe in myself. I was created to believe in my master. I was created not even to follow myself. I was created to follow my master. And I'm created in his image. Amen. And so when I'm following him and I'm, I'm doing it in such a way that it's Reckless abandonment. Where's pride in that? Well, you know, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Well, how does people get how do people get stuck up, you know, caught up in pride if they've exercised self-abandonment? So it's your soul that gets offended. It's your soul that says, well, I don't like the way they looked at me. Your spirit is saying, I didn't notice it because I was looking at God. (laughs) Think about it. That person, man, they just flipped me off. Your spirit never saw it. But your soul is like, hey, man. Hey, what? Oh, come on. You know what? That's never your spirit. Trying to, you know, let somebody know. Hey, I ain't no punk. I just want you to know your spirit is moving too fast because your spirit is connected to God. Amen. And so. Don't worry about 
Building your self-image. Because that's going to lead you. Now, I do think you ought to be positive, but it's, it should be based on the word. Because if you get into all this, you know, there's so much self-help stuff and there's so many, you know, you can lead yourself to levels of success in this earth. But any level of success that you uh, achieve in this earth is for nothing if you don't have God. Amen. Amen. I mean, the, the Bible clearly tells us what does it profit a man if he will gain the whole world and lose his soul? And so we don't spend our time trying to, I'm going to be the best version of myself. This year, I'm going to what? What are you going to do? What do and most of the time people say this year, I'm going to do something. They don't do it because they're dependent upon themselves. Amen. If anything, we should say this year, I'm going to die. Oh, no. What's your New Year's resolutions? I have none. I'm dead. <laughs> Come on. See, now I'm messing with y'all. Because what is New Year really? What is, what is New Year? What changed when it went from 23 to 24? You probably woke up and you still had to brush your teeth. You still had to wash your face. You still had to go to work. You still had to do everything. Your spirit ain't paying no attention to 24, 23, 24. It don't mean nothing. Because God is above time. And so now people push themselves into this hyper motivation. I'm I'm hyper motivated now to get in shape. Why? January is the coldest. It's cold. I I mean, most people, if you're going to get in shape, maybe the summer might be better. You can go out there and jog and whatever. You know what I'm saying? But these are just tactics of the world. In our spirits, we don't even live in 2024, 23. We just live in the perfect will of God. Just whatever he wants to manifest for us is great. Now, of course, we ought to have expectations. And so we will say, hey, this is going to be a great year. But, you know, and and we do a little bit of that. But but I'm not going to be one that's going to be so hyped on that. Because all the hype and all the steam in regards to the new year, tends to dwindle by March. So we got to keep this thing going. Amen. And so God created us to follow him by our spirit. And the reason is because our minds are too slow. That's just is what it is. Pastor said my mind is too slow. Sure did. Or show did. Right? Because it is. You, you can't. Man, I don't care how smart you are or how smart you think you are. You can't keep up with God. You know, by the time you figure out something, God's ready to drop. He said, I've been to drop three things on you, man. You want to keep up with me? That's not what we want to do. We want to surrender and let God just lead us. That way we don't waste time. And so if we know God created us to follow him by our spirit. We got to understand there's an inner me and God knows that inner me better than I know that inner me. And that inner me is not affected. Y'all ready for this? The inner me is not affected by my life experience. So people have what's called soul wounds, right? And so they had some encounter, maybe when they were a kid, they, you know, they had a traumatic uh, event. They experience, you know, drug addiction with the 
parent or they got molested or they got harmed or whatever. Those are all things that affect the soul. And so they affect the thought process of people and they affect the mind, the will and the emotions. Right. You know, you've heard it say hurt people, hurt people. You guys heard that? But that's not a spiritual thing. That's a soul wound. But the way you get out of that. Now, there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm just I don't want to call it junk, but sometimes it's probably on that level of junk. But there's a lot of this uh, deliverance ministries and all this stuff. You got to do all this, you know, um, come to this. You know, they even have people doing deliverance ministry and people pay for it. So, wait, you mean I got to go to you? I'm going to pay you and you're going to get me delivered. Hmm. Well, what I've learned in the word that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Doesn't say I got to go to. But what they do in these things is they try to take you back. And all they're doing is what the new age people do. And so there's these processes that they take you through where they do this in the church of uh, Scientology. They, and so when you see these things popping up and it's supposed to be with under the banner of Christianity, they're just picking and choosing from some of the things that happen in the world. So they'll have you go back into your self, go to your childhood. They'll go take you all the way back to your trauma. And then they try to get you to associate with that trauma. Okay, so you're back there. Maybe it was a time where you were abandoned or and you go all the way back there. Then you start to visualize. They want you to visualize. Then they'll ask you, um, can you see any colors? Y'all think I'm making this up. Um, Can you see any colors? Is there was what color was the car? Oh, and then it was blue. And I was in the back seat. And now you start taking yourself there. And so now they want to take you to the place of pain and then they want you to conquer that some kind of way. But let me let me warn you, that is not God's method, because that's going to cause you to dig down and find a stronger you somewhere in there. And then you listen to them and they tell you something and it's still you. And all it does is bring about a callousness, but it's still there. And people that have gone through these courses and things, and then 20 years later, still not delivered. Why? Because this can only come through God. And so the way that I step into this place where I'm no longer affected by soul wounds is I got to learn to live by my spirit man. That's what I was created to live by anyway. That's why Jesus says stuff like your sins and inequities. I'll remember them no more. Well, how come he doesn't remember them? Because they they don't exist in the spirit. He's not seeing you as your old self. He's seeing you as your new self. And so whatever mess ups you had, he don't remember those because they are not spiritual. Amen. So if I caught a revelation of that, that's how you. You probably have seen people that have had terrible past, traumatic experiences, but then go on to do something great, amazing. They've written amazing books or they've done some. And you say, how do they do that? They learn how to live from the spirit man. Amen. 
All right. And so. If we understand this, we're going to say, OK, I'm, I'm going to live by my spirit. So my spirit is moving fast. So I got this is going to be where that accelerated faith comes in, because my spirit is just moving with God. And they're just and my soul is just following along. And your soul every now and then is trying to raise his hand like a, you know, a kid in class. Remember that? You know, you, you raise your hand. I mean, no, you can't raise your hand in the spirit. You just got to keep going. Your soul is like, hey, hold on, hold on, because it wants everything to slow down. Sometimes you just got to say, I don't understand it, but I'm still going forward. I don't understand it, but I'm still going forward. And that's that's the way God wants us to live. And so by the time we understand it, the opportunity will pass, will have passed. So God could tell you to do something. He could say, move right here. He said, I don't understand it. Let me let me pray on it. Too late. Well, did you. You mean I got punished for praying? Yep. Because I already told you that in the spirit. See, oh, man, I know it's Wednesday night, but this stuff is that's why you guys I'm glad you're here. But you got man, you got to lock in. Man, You better tell your church family like you guys are going to be missing out, man. You're going to be in the you're going to be in the slow group. I mean, I'm just saying we're I'm trying to help you, but you're going to be in a slow group, man. And you're going to miss out on some stuff. Because your relationship with God, y'all ready for this, yeah. is way bigger than your prayer life. Amen. Oh, come on, man. God will speak to you more outside of your prayer closet than he will speak to you in it. Because it's about relationship. It's about God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He didn't come upon Adam when Adam went to go pray under some tree somewhere. He walked with him and he talked with him. That's what he wants to do with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. You're no matter where you are. He's um, you say, Lord, he says, yes. Amen. Come on. And people think, well. Let me pray about it. What they mean is let me think about it. Because it doesn't make sense to my soul. So I need to pull back and pray about it. But if you're communing with God, you're going to know what to do. Amen. It ain't going to be no, oh, let me go pray about it. Because God will tell you to say something. What if I said that about the church? We wouldn't even be moving this year. If I said, well, God says, say this. And I said, well, well let me pray about that and confirm. <laughs> well, if I would have tried to wait till next week to say it, I missed the opportunity. The anointing has lifted. So go ahead and sign another lease here. That's where you're going to stay for another year. And then people don't understand. They think that God is, well, God is so gracious and no, he's, he is, but that grace kept you from going to hell. But don't be trying to use that grace card to think that you're going to get the opportunity to come around again. No, you're going to miss out on some stuff and you're going to see some other people prospering in areas that you should have been prospering in but because you was too conscious of of stuff you're going to miss it and so i I don't want us to miss these opportunities so by the time we understand it the opportunity will have passed go to second kings now second kings we're going to look at seven verses one and two in the nlt in second kings they're coming out uh you know chap uh what do we have chapter seven but in chapter six, it's explaining this terrible famine that they were in. They were in such a famine that, man, they were eating babies. 
You know, one lady went to the king because she was mad because she made a deal with another lady. She said, hey, you know, uh, today, you know, the lady said, well, why don't we just kill your, your son today and eat him? And then tomorrow we're going to kill my son and eat him. I mean, no, she shouldn't have fell for that deal. <laughs> so the one lady killed her son. They killed and ate him. This sounds crazy, but it's right there in Kings chapter six. You can read it. But then when it came time to eat the other son, that lady hid her son. She said, no, no, I'm not going through with that deal. But, you know, that has to be bad. <clears throat> Things like a donkey's head was selling for a lot of money. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so. They're in tough times. But God could change something overnight. But the question is, what if it's beyond what we understand? Well, he is not, you know, I've learned with God, actually, I would say this. He really don't even give explanations. I was going to say he rarely gives an explanation, but then I start thinking, Lord, you never explain anything to me. So I don't think God gives any explanations. I mean, I I could be wrong, but I just don't think he's going to do it. I think he gives opportunities. But I don't think he gives explanations. Amen. And so now they have prayed. The king is upset. Everything is so terrible. And the king is like, oh, man, why? Why should I even wait on God? Man, this is terrible. Now, Elisha, the prophet. And back then. God would only speak through his prophets. He wasn't, we don't, the Holy Ghost wasn't like it is now. All of us now that we have the Holy Spirit, we can hear from God. Back then, you had to be like a prophet or somebody connected directly to God like that. And so Elijah replied, listen to this message from the Lord. So here he goes. The king is in distress. Here comes the message. Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, did y'all, did y'all hear that? By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, five quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver and 10 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. Okay, next verse. Okay, now, so this is really explaining a drastic change. This is almost like if we told you today that tomorrow... Gas is going to cost 10 cent per gallon. Now, what would y'all say? Most people will say that is not possible. Right. And so that's that's what this is likened to. Well, the officer assisting the king. So now this is someone who is of a in a prominent position an assistant. I mean, no, just because people are in higher positions don't mean they're smart. And it doesn't mean that they're smarter than you. And they surely are not smarter than God. God. Amen. And so the officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen. First of all, it was a man of God that was saying it. But how many know sometimes people that are so-called, you know, affluent or affluent, however you want to say that. They're 
they think they know everything. Yeah. And sometimes those are the people that are got the thickest heads because they got themselves some level of prominence in the earth. You know, any success that man has is minuscule at best compared to God. God looks at that and laughs. Amen. And so this officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen. What? What the Lord just says going to happen. Now here goes this smart guy saying that couldn't happen. Even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. <sighs> now, some of y'all think, oh, well, surely God's going to give him a second chance. See, that's why I preach the way I preach, man. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> y'all, I'm, oh, you got to get this. God don't play. See, oh, tell me, man. He will tell you to do something. And if you don't do it, you think, oh, well, it's not that bad. No, it's terrible. You don't know what you just messed up in. And a lot of times people don't connect the dots, man. That's why, like, I'm oftentimes not the most popular in counseling. I'm just saying, I'm just not that guy. I'm just not that most because I don't have the secular approach to counseling. I don't have that. I have the biblical approach. I have let's pray. okay. and then I have a a gift of discernment. And so when I'm counseling, God starts telling me stuff. And guess what I start to do? Tell you what he told me. That is not popular counseling because it's not going to be anything dealing with comforting you and your emotions. It's going to be all about your victory. And the only way to be victorious is to do everything God's way. And so I will just listen. I say, okay. Then the Holy Spirit starts talking. Then I start I start saying stuff. Then I say, well, you know, this is what the Lord says. Or, or you need to do this. You need to do that. Now, you don't listen to that. That's on you. That ain't on me. But some people think, oh, well, I'm going to be all right. Time and time again, people don't take heed to the counsel that comes from me. And I'm not a doom and gloom prophet. But if I say you better do this or this, this, this is all going to happen. Well, guess what? They don't do it. And this, it all happens just like I said. Come on now. Well, you prophesied that on me. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't make that up. I just told you what God told me to tell you. Amen. 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 And so this man said that couldn't happen. So basically he laughed at God's message. That's what people do. They laugh at God's message. Amen. They laugh at God's message in church. The pastor comes up here. I come up here. I don't I'm not the kind of preacher that preaches anything but Holy Ghost. So if I say it. It's it's from God. Well, sometimes people laugh at it by not taking heed to it. Well, this man laughed at it. He laughed at the message that came directly from God. And then guess what God told the prophet to say now? 
He didn't say ignore that. He didn't say, oh, ignore that negative gibberish. No, he just, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, no, no. He told him, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. What? Oh, man. The prophet just said that to him. So all this good stuff is about to happen tomorrow. But guess what? You're going to see it. And you ain't going to get to partake in none of it. I said, man. Now, let's go ahead and skip down to verse 16. And if you want to be challenged, go ahead and read that, that whole chapter. But it's powerful stuff in there. So now the change happens, right? We, we know that uh, how God moved. Um, they're thinking that the armies are coming to get them. But then, you know, their enemy that was supposed to come get them. God made them to hear noises. They heard noises as though all these chariots were coming after them. And so what they do? They ran. So that means that enemy that was supposed to be stronger than them to come and take them out. Heard all these chariots and all this noise and they ran. But when they ran, they left all their wealth. They left all their wealth. And so these four lepers decide, man, we already over here starving. This is already terrible. We're going to die over here anyway. We might as well go into the enemy's camp. And if they kill us, well, we was going to die anyway. But what if they don't kill us? <laughs> so these four lepers stepped out and went into the enemy's camp and the enemy was gone. But all the goods were there. Amen. And so now this was enough to change the whole economy. Overnight. So you're thinking that God's got to give you some witty invention. There's something called the transfer of wealth. Come on. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Proverbs 13, 22. Amen. Come on. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children and the wealth of the wicked. The Amplified says the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually Come on. Into the hands of the just. Amen. So what does that mean? I don't have to figure it out. Wait, just put that up real quick. You know, I was coming over there. So Proverbs 13, 22 and Amplified Classic. Let's just look at this. You got to see this because I don't want you guys chasing no wealth in 2024. Please. You catch the revelation money will be chasing you. You'd be talking about, hold on, let me slow down. What you slowing down for? Uh, a hundred was trying to catch me. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so it says a good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children. So the emphasis is not even put on wealth. It's moral stability and goodness. My kids are going to know how to act because of what they see in me. Amen. To his children's children. My grandkids are going to know the same. Amen. And the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually. What does that mean? So could that mean that the wealth of the sinner is actually searching for you? So it's just running around. I know they're over here somewhere. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find their bank account eventually. Come on, I'm going to find their bank account eventually. 
finds his way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. So they're not even wealthy for themselves. So I've always said, don't be mad at somebody that's making a lot of money, rich people. You say, keep, keep heaping it up. Keep heaping it up because he is going to cause that transfer. Amen. Amen. Come on. He's going to cause. He gives them the ability. And you ever met some people that they feel like it just seems like they have a business savvy. Come on, y'all. You they're this man. They just seem like they know how to make stuff work because they're anointed to earn your money. <laughs> y'all didn't y'all didn't catch that. Let me get over here real quick. I got another diversion. Ecclesiastes. Tell you, man, the anointing is high. I want to say Ecclesiastes 2, maybe 2.24. Maybe we try that one. King James is fine. Huh? 2.26. Ecclesiastes 2.26. Yeah, let's just put this, this up real quick. That way you're not going to worry about going to hustling, trying to make all this money. Okay, so he says, for God gives to a man that is good in his sight. Stop right there. So that means I got to be good in God's sight. So what I need to be working for is to be found good in God's sight. But what's the world going to tell you? Oh, no. Oh, don't don't get into that. That's all a works mentality. You know, just see if you emphasize grace so much, that's just because you're trying to skate till you get to heaven. I don't want to skate till I get to heaven. Come on, somebody. I want to walk in abundance down here. Come on. I want to walk in overflow and increase. I want to see miracle signs and wonders manifesting down here. And then when it's my time to go, I just step on in. I don't step in as somebody that's been rescued. I step in as a champion who's completed his assignment. That's a lot different. But God gives to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. Man, what about those three? How powerful is that? You got wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner, he giveth travail to gather and to heap up that he may have, that he may give to him that is good before God. So they're going to, God going to put the sinner on assignment to work. Work himself to the bone just to provide for me. Wow. That he may have that he may give to him that is good before God. This is also vanity and vexation of the spirit. And there's that torment because they just won't bow to God. Amen. Amen. And so. Look at your name. Say, I ain't got to look for money. All right. Look back and say, because money's looking for me. All right, y'all expect your money to go up because, you, uh, you know, like Deion, Deion Sanders, I don't know you guys follow football, but Deion Sanders has been saying this for these recruits. He had this shirt to say, I ain't hard to find. Well, you need to say that in the spirit to the money. I ain't hard to find. Y'all know where I'm at. <laughs> Amen. Now, back to our text in Second Kings. So Second Kings, we heard what was spoken by the prophet to the man of God. You're going to see it, but you won't partake of any of it. Why? Because his soul was too slow. God's talking about turning around tomorrow. He's like, that, that couldn't happen. Why? Because he was, his soul was too weighted down. All that logic and all that intellect 
caused him to miss the move of God. Not only did he miss the move of God, but you'll see it cost him everything. And so verse 16, then the people of Samaria rushed out. So now back to the I was paraphrasing this for the sake of time. But the lepers went over there, got the spoils. They over there. This is great. But then they said, oh, man, we better go back and tell the king because it's not right for us to just be over here keeping everything. We better go tell the king. They went to the king. The word got out. Everybody, where you think they went? <laughs> hey, the word got out. There's gold in them hills. <laughs> where you think they went? <laughs> and so the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the uh, Arme- What? How you say the word? Ar- Aramean camp. That's not one I use all the time. But and so it was true. They ran out and rushed the camp and the money that they that was over there, that was enough to flip the economy. So they said, so it was true that five quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver and 10 uh, quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver, just as the Lord had promised. See, you don't know how he's going to do it. He said it's going to flip, but nobody thought that it was going to happen that way. They're going to run over there and have some wealth just laying up for them. Nobody thought that. But you don't have to know how. You just got to know who. You just got to know it's God. And you got to be in position to receive it instead of missing it. And so next verse. The king appointed his officer to control the traffic. So look at this. Yeah, I just want to this out, see we out here on Wednesday night getting that good teaching. And so the king, the officer, what officer do you think we're talking about? The one that said, this can't happen. <laughs> Even if the Lord opens up the windows of heaven. Then he said, the king said, excuse me, sir, I'm going to need you to control that traffic. Amen. What traffic? That stampede of starving people. Amen. This man got put on assignment to control the traffic. The king appointed his officer to control the traffic at the gate. But he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted. Amen. Amen. Yeah, everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted. When the king came to his house. Next verse. That might be it. Was that okay? The man of God said to the king, by this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, five courts. So everything that he's promised this is what it was said. One piece of everything. It all happened just like that. Next verse. The king's officer had replied that couldn't happen. So they're just recanting the story. That couldn't happen even if the Lord's opened up the windows of heaven and the man of God said to him, you will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. And so it was for the people trampled him to death at the gate. Amen. Wow. wow. All of his position, status, smarts didn't help him. Right. Only thing that could have helped him was submission to a much higher power than him. Amen. See, you have to be in that place where you say, oh, no, God, I, I don't even want to think that I'm smart. Right. Oh, no, I'm nothing without you. Amen. 
if you don't have your hand on me, I don't have a chance to make it. And you, you're not going to find yourself getting into arguments. Come on, you start taking an approach like that, you say, without God, I'm nothing. Who are you going to argue with? So I'm mad at you. Huh? I'm mad at you. That ought to be a warning to you. That ought to be an alarm in your spirit when you say I'm mad at somebody. That means you didn't left the spirit and stepped into your soul. Amen. And now you're in danger of being trampled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> you ain't going to be... Now, but see, now, what, what do people teach today? Oh, well, you know, brother, that was the Old Testament. But it's God that says, I am the Lord. I change not. It's man that puts God in the Old Testament and the new. But God himself says, I'm Lord of all. Amen. He don't even change. Amen. And so we better take him serious just like then. And so uh, the king's officer couldn't comprehend it. That's what it was. That was his problem. He couldn't comprehend it. His mind was too slow to understand a supernatural move of God. Don't let your mind be too slow to understand a supernatural move of God. You just need to be in position. You need to be in position to receive what he is going to do. Now, when we learn to live from our spirit man, things speed up. That's why I told you guys, Sunday, you got to get rid of negative emotions, things that your God is calling you to go up and, and stuff pulls you down. Well, when you learn to live from your spirit, things speed up. And um, and this is because our spirit is connected to God. Go to Proverbs 20 verses uh, yeah, 20 verse 27. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. And so God's going to search you out. But what I want you to grab from this is it is the candle of the Lord. And so what God does is God brings illumination and revelation to your spirit long before it hits your mind. Amen. Did y'all hear me? He brings illumination. You know, when it catches your mind catches, you go, oh, man. Oh, I see it now. Your spirit saw it a long time ago. So he brings it to your spirit. He brings revelation and illumination to your spirit long before it hits your mind. Now, this is why this is awesome. It's not like we have to figure out all this stuff. The Holy Spirit looks at your name and say, Holy Ghost. Okay, man, I'm telling you, this is powerful. You know, in the early church, they was telling people, man, they was pushing the Holy Ghost right away. You know what I mean? Like in today's churches, they just push salvation. You can watch a hundred programs and you might find two of them talking about Filling somebody with the Holy Ghost. And one of those programs is ours. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right? Because people, they, they say the sinner's prayer, come up for the altar call, do all this stuff. But don't nobody start talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that's how we make it. That's our connection. And so the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit and keeps us in the flow of God. That's what happens. See, <clears throat> in John 14, 26. He says, I'm going to send you the comforter. The comforter is the Holy Ghost, the paracletos. He's the one that's going to guide you. The Amplified Classic says he's the standby. He's the helper, the intercessor. He's the one that's right there with you. He's the one that's right there with you when you're going through anything. And maybe you don't know what to do. But then the Holy Ghost will say, do this. 
So you have that secret weapon, right? But you get that when you give your life to Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit connects not with your mind. That's why the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you stuff that makes sense to you. He's not going to do that. The Holy Spirit's not going to give you a logical way out of things. He's just going to tell you what God says. That's all he's going to do. And so, but he's going to speak it into your spirit, the real you. And the real you is like, yes, let's do it now. But then your soul is like, hey, hold on. Wait a minute. What is that we're doing? We don't ask what we're doing. Amen. I'm talking about in the spirit. You don't ask what you're doing. God says, run. If you ask anything, just say, which way? And he can say that way. You don't say, well, there's a brick wall, Lord. You see what I'm saying? This is reckless abandonment, man. If people be willing to do this, there would not be any elite groups. We have so many elite groups. You know, there's elite groups in church. Like, how are you in an elite group in church? Like, aren't we all saved? I mean, don't, isn't Jesus our king? But no, yes, but uh, but I'm in the group that has read the Bible three times because I mean, you only one. So but, you know, so I'm over here with this group or I'm in the you know, you you follow some of this religious stuff, man. They have stuff where you can't even get to somebody. So somebody is supposed to be anointed. They got an entourage. Oh, y'all don't come on. They got an entourage They're Now they're Christian, you know, supposed to be uh Fair with the Holy Ghost, but they got such an entourage, can't nobody get to it. Can't nobody get through that security. Why? Oh, well, I can't, you know, I, I have to protect the anointing. You do? You mean you have to protect God's anointing? So, like, God can't flow it if you don't make sure you're guarded. It's not your anointing, it's God's. You see what I'm saying? If so, if you have that, then what's all the entourage? What's all the, you know, what is all that? Amen. Amen. People are untouchable. Well, we wouldn't be following them if we really got close enough to God, because if you get close enough to God, you'll never make man an idol because man won't ever be able to meet your standards. Because your standards have changed. You get close enough to God, you'll never idolize a man because you'll see that man is so small. You say, it's too late, man. I didn't been with God. You look like peanuts to me, man. I'm not even dealing with you. Amen? Think about it. All these people that are being worshipped, but they're supposed to be worshippers. Oh. Huh? All these people being worshipped and are supposed to be worshippers. You should never be able to do these things, right? Like have Christian concerts that have secular elements all woven through them. Because you should not have any Christian showing up. But if you got Christian showing up, that means they have idolized a person. Because if they were really worshipping the one true God... They would be appalled at that. Amen. 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 So. uh, 
God connects us. We connect it, you know, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit connects with our spirit and keeps us in the flow of God. I'm going to get ready to close. But Matthew 10, 19. So this is to prep you. Don't worry about it. Keep walking. You keep walking by faith every day. But he's prepping the disciples. He says, when they deliver you up. So he knew they were coming after him. They're going to be arrested. They're going to have to deal with all this stuff. But he said, but when they deliver you up, take no thought on how or what you shall speak. Oh, this is letting you know that your words are supposed to bypass your mind. Kingdom words don't stop by the intellect. Oh, come on, somebody. Kingdom words don't even stop by your mind. They just come out. And those words that just come out like that, they are filled with creative power. And guess what? The atmosphere obeys those words. The atmosphere don't obey words that come from your mind. Amen. And so he says, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. So God said, I don't even need, don't be meditating. Just be with me. And then guess what? When you need it, bam, I'm going to release it. I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. And so that's accelerated faith. It's faster than your mind. So where they where that come from? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That stuff flows. You don't turn it on. First Corinthians two, nine and ten. So he says here, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them. See, it's not revealed to the senses. But God has revealed them to uh, unto us by his spirit. See, it's connecting in your inner man. For the spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. Now go to 1 Corinthians 2.14. We're going to close right there. But the natural man. Hmm? You're not going to be able to get it. When people all that, they be saying stuff like, well, you know, how are you doing today? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better working on it. You're not doing good. I'm just, well, you know, I'm, I'm not as good as I should be, but I'm much better than I used to be. That's old religious cop-outs. Oh, well, you know, God knows my heart. Oh, really? That's an indication that you're not following God. When you say stuff like that. You need to be like, Flowing in the spirit in such a way like I ain't got time. I don't have no time for no self-improvement. What? Let me work on this and work on that. Who has time for that? That's going to take too long, man. And even if I worked on it as best I could, I'm never going to meet the uh, level that I'm supposed to be at. But. If I, I got to get rid of this, stay out of this natural man. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God. That's all your religious friends and family. You start talking about something supernatural. They can't comprehend that. They can't relate with you because they're stuck in the natural man. And so. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
That's why it's important. Don't throw your pearls before swine. Don't be telling no faithless people what you believe in God for. They don't get it. Amen. But we can be right in there. How many of y'all ready to say, okay, Lord, you speeding up? I'm speeding up too. Huh? Come on. Yeah, you, you say, Lord, you speeding up? Oh, I'm sure I'm right there with you then. Let's go. See, we don't need any understanding. We just need to be right there in perfect fellowship with our Heavenly Father. And you have the Holy Spirit that's going to keep you. He's going to keep you. And man, what you need to know, he's going to tell you when you need to know it. But don't worry about it. We don't have to grope. Groping is stretching out in the dark. We don't have to do anything like that. We're just going to trust God. Amen? Amen. So greater things are coming, and we're going to have to have this accelerated faith. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for meeting us here. We thank you for the power of your truth. We know that the word spoken in this place goes far beyond tonight. It's going to cut pathways. It's going to prepare uh, walkways for us to step in. And so we just thank you that you blessed us with this opportunity. Now, I pray right now for those who may be watching this, no matter what time it is, when you see this, we want you to know that God wants you to come into this family. And this is the greatest family you can ever be a part of. But you need to come on in. And that's an act of your free will. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.